0: Another episode of Appalachian Anglican. I'm Caleb and I'm
1: here with Adam. And this is Joshua, or you can call me B-more.
0: And uh, I know you didn't hear a familiar voice today, and that's Father Daryl is not going to be able to be with us. He said he's got another offer for another podcast and it's going to be bigger than this one. And I said, But Father Daryl, this is your podcast. You literally started it. You started it. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He didn't do any of that. He's busy. I don't really know why. And maybe I shouldn't know why. But either way. It's just gonna be us today, but you know what? If you really are that upset and just decide to say, "I don't want to listen to this," I mean, you can do that. But uh, we're—I think—I think we can maybe hold down the fort for at least one episode.
2: And he—he he did give us some quotes to read specifically. So when those uh, come up in our discussion, we'll make sure that we we mention those. And he's kind of uh speaking through us—that's in right. a way, shape, or form. That's right.
0: And also, this is. Going to be the episode title is going to be "Dude Scriptura Two
2: Part 2. I kind of I want to start us off with a a story. Um, in in one of the articles, uh, as I was researching this, uh, Ryan Griffith, who is a pastor in I believe it's Minneapolis, Minnesota, he uh, opens up with a story about a Swedish doctor, 1981, in Mozambique. And so around this time, they were struggling with a few different things: civil war, drought some different issues that, that were going on there. And so they were getting a lot of doctors coming in to help out with just whatever needs that the people had because it was, a, it was a rough time there. In one village in particular, they were having an issue where people are, they were like being paralyzed and dying, like very painful and they had no idea what it was. And so at first they looked into it and they thought that it was polio. And they weren't sure. He had all these different ideas. This doctor did. And the entire time, the, the people, the older people are saying that the reason that the village was struck by this, this disease was because the rain has not washed our uh, cassava, which is like a, a root. And this part of their regular diet, it was something that had been brought in uh, through European colonizers, but it had become part of what they specifically ate. And so he's like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever. And so the doctor starts testing everybody for polio and to his surprise, no one had polio. And What? So, I know. And so they continue on and he thought, well, this is a civil war going on. They've been known for chemical and biological warfare. We can't rule this out. So they started testing everything and they were just testing for all these different diseases and they couldn't find anything. And they were really perplexed and they were debating it. And so the entire time they're doing this, once again, the older people are like, the rain hasn't washed it hasn't washed our food. It hasn't washed our cassava. Like we're being cursed because of this. And so finally after everything else failed, they're like, okay, let's just listen to them and see what's going on. So they do a test. And it turns out part of the long process of actually being able to eat this root was you had to take it, soak it in water, and dry it. But this took weeks. This took a really long time for it to be prepared. And they would ground it up and turn it into a flour. And they would bake with it. What they found was that this root naturally contained dangerous levels of cyanide. <laughs> and they were literally, what they were all dying of was cyanide poisoning. That's crazy. So it was just their own staple food was actually the thing that was killing them because they had refused to. They had jettisoned the traditional way of preparing this food uh, for a more convenient and quick way because of the current situations of the time. So, what's the takeaway? Do what you love until it kills you. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a, that's one takeaway. <laughs> no, I um, hope you, not. you can do that. Uh, even the things that kill you uh, still taste good. So oh, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, there's a few, but no, I, I think the the biggest thing is we're we're wrapping up this this subject. Is what are the influences? in your interpretation of scripture. And we're talking specifically about scripture, but I think this can be taken to so many different areas of life, how we do church, how we do different things. But the biggest thing that we end up at is how is our interpretation of scripture, is it feeding us or is the very thing that is supposed to nourish and to allow us to thrive, is our interpretation actually killing us? What is the way that we're interpreting the text? Is it feeding us? Or are we actually poisoning ourselves by the way that we read the text?
1: So basically, if I can sort of summarize kind of what you're saying in a certain way, which when I read the same article you're talking about, I came across the same question, which was, I think a lot of this boils down to not just what is being interpreted, it's how it's being done. So it's like saying, okay, how are you looking at this? Are you looking at this through the lens of the proper hermeneutic, which again, that is a big word to say how you interpret the scripture. And I think obviously we're going to dig deeper into that right now in this stuff. But yeah, I mean, to me, it seems like at least American history, it either turns into like lawless stuff or it can do like super legalistic if it's done the wrong way.
2: It can can definitely go both ways. And one thing, once again, Alex isn't here. But I, I will say one: if Alex, if Alex was here, he'd be like, <laughs> "Via media." Via media. <laughs> Via media. That is Alex's catchphrase. Uh, it's what he lives for. <laughs> this ever. should be his nickname. <laughs> um, I'll have to ask him about it later when I see him later on. Like, hey, I represented for you, buddy. So when we're specifically talking about the solo scriptura versus the nuda scriptura, or another way to look at it, it's been phrased, which I almost like better than the nuda, but we've already labeled this nuda scriptura. It's true. So I'll but I'll say it anyways: is solo, not sola. Solo, like the cup, solo cup, solo scriptura. Hmm. So, um, as, as another way, uh, that would be uh, a synonym. What's the difference between sola and solo? Well, I mean, I know that there's a letter. There, the it's just another, it's another phrasing. Another it. Yeah, okay. it's another way of saying it. All right. Um, a lot of times they're used synonymously. And uh, interchangeably. Oh, okay. So I think uh, the big thing when we're we're looking at Sola Scriptura, which we kind of talked about uh, last week, but I, I think the perspective that you're hitting this subject matters a lot. Yes. So look at even the way, the argument that Martin Luther was having, like we look at that, we talked about this a little bit. He was having a completely different conversation than what we're having today. Because many people today, they look at it like, I am Martin Luther in this situation. Like, I'm nailing that 95 thesis to that door. Like, I'm Martin Luther, solo scriptura. Yay. They think that they're that person, but he he was arguing something different than what they were arguing. Plus, there's a lot of times where uh, Martin
0: Luther didn't want to be Martin Luther. If uh, you catch my drift,
2: yes, he didn't. <laughs> yes, uh, he did not want to be himself. Sometimes, uh, many times, yes, yeah, struggling with that. Um, but, but look at the perspective of the that original discussion, and when it's coming out, or not the it's not the original, but rather the one that really seemed to stick is who is a conversation between
1: him and the guy named Hess? Whatever, his, uh, what was his name? Heck, him and Heck. So,
2: yes. So, that was part of it, but ultimately, who is he arguing it and what is their idea? Like, what is the background information? Because it matters. The background information on the issue matters. Were they arguing for us to use interpretation, or were they arguing that interpretation or tradition was higher than scripture? Some would look back and say, no, they weren't. They were saying that they were equal. But essentially, what Luther felt at the end of that conversation was they were saying that that is. It is you're using tradition and in, in the church authority and the papal authority to interpret scripture and using the councils. And uh, he's like, and you're wrong. <laughs> and uh, that, that's a big issue that they're dealing with. And you, you look at even what Luther is arguing here, and it's just that, hey, tradition has a place. Like, let's calm down, guys, you know. However, Scripture is supreme, and the church was birthed from Scripture, not the other way around. And that's kind of what he to what arguing. To be clear
1: here, because when I, when I ran across that quote by Luther as well, which is, the quote sort of goes, if I can say it the right way, what child birthed their parent, right? That's the vein we're talking about right here. My question would be, obviously, historically speaking, we had the scriptures or the Bible itself because of the tradition of the church. So while I understand what he means, like, like by, by my question here is, what's the definition of scripture that we're going for? Is it like, because obviously the Torah, the historical books, of the Old Testament, like, what are we talking about here?
2: I think we we established some of that last week.
1: Okay, I'm just I'm just making yeah sure. we, we within, did within, and we brought in 90, that. Thir-
2: yeah. we talked about that last week and brought in some of the um, because it, literally the thirty nine articles bring every single book like by name. Okay, cool. I just so, want to
1: clarify, just you know, for maybe people that didn't hear last week or something. And, and
2: I think even it, because even within the Anglican Communion, there's debate even how to address these uh, economical books. So you know, there there is some debate. So I mean, I mean for lack of a in my opinion, I think when we come into this, this discussion so that it can be like, completely involved by the church, I think New and Old Testament. And I know even that gets shady when you start bringing Eastern Orthodox into the uh, equation because they're, like, they're like, they're I do what I want. You know, they have that, uh, that vibe to them. Um, so there are some texts that they do that are a little shaky for them.
1: Because according again, according, according to, just to tie together, according to what Martin Luther was saying, he's saying, okay, cool, Scripture birthed church. The Word of the Lord did birth the church. I agree with that statement, right? But I mean, I guess when I read it, it kind of came to my mind a different way. But I guess in this whole context, the, it brings the bigger bigger thing is, as this whole perspective, are we asking the right question? You know what I mean? like
2: Yeah, I agree, because that is the... That was the big thing is Luther was being asked a different question than what we're asking today, and we're kind of coming at from the other side of things. So they were coming at from the side of they believed that the issue that was at hand was what is what is true, that tradition reigns supreme. What role does scripture have in with that tradition? And the the issue that we have today, we're on the complete other side where we're dealing with nuda scriptura is and we're approaching it. It's just, it's not the same question. So the culture, even at that time, I don't think that Luther could have interpreted the text at that point of his life because he was so entrenched in the traditions of the church. And even we see later on the things that he does, the, the even just the, the different Marian practices alone. Like he is doing things that are not specifically said in scripture.
0: And that's why it's one of those situations where it's the application of what, or the thought of what you're trying to use for your application or at least like if you're trying to make an argument for something and you're trying to use some sort of precedence, the precedence is already wrong. Mainly with the idea of people would sit there and say, well, the church doesn't have authority in this way at all. all I need. And granted, I'm not sitting there saying everybody who doesn't believe this exactly this way. I'm not saying this is how you're thinking. But for how today's world, like how at least today, especially kind of in America, the mindset isn't necessarily that, oh, which authority has greater, you know? It's more the mindset of like, I don't need that authority at all. All I need is just myself and the Bible. And it's just, and then they'll use Luther and they'll sit there and say, fight against all these other tyrannical and it's like somehow this all gets like warped up into some weird ideology in this mindset that like, Anti-authority and everything. Like, hold on, man. We do have to have some authority here. Like, there has to be something established. We can't just be rebellious against everything. You can't just be, oh, I'm on my own, my lone wolf kind of guy. Maybe like in one of those action movies where it's like they brought him out of retirement and he's ready to go back in. Mainly, it's that's kind of the more thing that we're going to be hitting on. Even for this, that's what even the question was more related around. It's just trying to figure out what is that good dynamic and how do we actually approach this where we have the traditions and the authority and how that involves with us reading our scripture and what do we establish for our theology, I would say.
2: No, I completely agree with that. You kind of talk about like the the anarchy there. And um, the other the thing is to be con- logically consistent right? Uh, when you're making these things. And so some people are like, I, I sit at home and I just read my Bible and it's whatever I feel like Jesus tells me in that moment. And then I, okay, that might be you. And I would say, hey, maybe you might want to include some other things in Something there, or else. you're like, I—that's me. I know it's me. I don't want it to be me because you're right. I—I I think there should be other things weighing in on my scriptural journey and how and my spiritual journey because it's not just about me. And I've, I'm hoping I'm thinking of the right mindset here. No, it doesn't matter.
0: We'll cut it if it's not. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. When I go to edit, I'm always quit. I'm always first to cut myself out. Yeah, we'll go ahead and yank him out. But. Even the mindset of what you go off of when it's just even the phrase, I don't think no one really literally does that because it's impossible. There's no way you can do it where it's just me and my Bible because there's still concepts you have to bring into while you're reading the scripture. Okay, first off, if you want to read scripture well, I would say, because, you know, I went to a Baptist school and you say what you want about the Baptist, but they know, they know at least how to break down scripture and read it in such a way. So I'll give that, I'll give it to them. <laughs> they weren't really Baptist. They were more like not a nominational, but so. With
2: with, uh, with the Baptist flavor.
0: Yeah, just a little bit. Kind of like
2: they have uh, like that fruity seltzer water. Yeah, so. Mostly seltzer water with a little bit of fruit.
0: Even pulling up my Bob Jones book that was teaching me, you know, this is kind of how you should probably be reading this. But okay, first off, if you start going through and you see these concepts or these ideas that are displayed in scripture, first thing you're going to have to do is look through history. What time was this relating to? Like at least, okay, go open up the book of Matthew. Does the Bible tell itself of like what time? specifically like when all these things are happening or get the entire uh geopolitical aspect of everything the different authorities that are there it might list a few but you need some sort of other mindset to actually figure out what's fully going on here even when you start to take on why why is jesus saying these things are doing these right. things right and i don't think people naturally i mean i i don't i mean i don't know i don't want to assume but even when you open up and you read scripture there's always other mindsets and there's usually teachings that you're bringing in while you're reading your scripture okay like oh, why are they listing off all these names in the beginning of Matthew? Just for example, just to bring it up, why are they doing that? Well, because we can already see as we understand Jewish religion that having your history is very important. You want to get connected back to Abraham. And so there's automatically something that's there per se. And I think and I don't know if we wanted to go at it with this aspect, but I think this is kind of like, you sh- kind of should change your thinking of when you look at solo Scriptura like that, like there are some sort of other ideas they're bringing in there. What we're mainly saying is that there are also people who try to bring in other ideologies and other teachings that you need to prepare yourself for, because it might not be according to what is actually an observance of God and who he is. It might be other new ideologies, say, as Father would say. The spirit of the age that are trying to bring in these Zeitgeist.
2: things. Yeah. Zeitgeist. Yeah. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I hope that made sense of what I was saying. Yeah. I know. But I, I don't necessarily even think that's a, that's what is at play when we're talking about solo scriptura versus nuda scriptura. I think we're it's when we're looking at interpretation specifically. Okay. is what we're really dealing with here. Because I don't think anyone would say, well, no, you can't look at the historical context. Right. Only what the church says. I don't think any. Right. That's not what's being said here. Uh, but many times there are deeper points and different po- like points of interpretation that are going to be different than even the what we understand and what we know from the contextual, like the historical and uh, grammatical, that context. So when you're just reading it, and I, I, I referred to this last week a little bit, and I said it's like we're reading it in a sterile environment in which we re- remove the church. We just say this text will speak for itself in its immediate context, and that's good enough. I might refer to the languages. I might refer to like the historic context. Um, I, I might refer to it, to, to, its canonical context, but that is it. But I think it's deeper than that. And I, I think even to people are just me, my Bible and myself, I, 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 100% believe that you can be sitting in a room considering the historic context the linguistic context, um, the grammatic context, like all these different contexts from the self itself and still be Nudo Scriptura because there's, because what you're doing is you're ignoring the voice of the church and that's where the word of God is different than other pieces of literature. So like, I think you can use good literature practices. I think the only, in my opinion, uh, when you start looking at some of the apocalyptic literature Uh, And and portions of scripture that are apocalyptic, like there's not really a set way to interpret. Like that's where it starts getting a little bit more gray area, but the church does interpret that for us. But even like looking at these other texts, I mean, uh, for example, I, I gave this last week, look at the book of Hebrews, read through that to me and tell me how they are exegeting that text. Like show me, show me the principle, show me how, because we don't do it today. Yeah. Like, we don't. It's very different. And so it's not that you ignore all those things like higher education. I think those things are all good things because they give you a more robust understanding. But you can't jettison the church because you say, oh, well, uh, during my several years and lifetime
1: of learning Hebrew, I've decided that uh, I know better than everyone.
2: Like, you know, <laughs> but that's what happens.
1: Yeah. But well, there was a guy that kind of felt the same way, like, but probably was in the era that you're talking about, right? You know, he, he did some good things with his life, but he probably fell in the same concept. Okay, well, let's rewrite this because he probably, he probably in my opinion, he uh, interpreted things like, okay, only as I interpret the Bible, you know, and, and that's how I'm going to teach it, or as simple as that. And he almost kind of put himself in the arrogant position. So this is his quote. This isn't mine. His name is Alexander Campbell. We have another quote from him, obviously, but he was saying that where the scriptures speak, we speak, and where the scriptures are silent, we are silent like even developing that idea sitting in a room reading a bible you know studying all the stuff you can like even that statement itself develops a completely new avenue of stuff that's almost an issue for people who come down the road now to tie this together with what you were saying in the first story and it's something I was really thinking about it was like are the people at fault in the story that you shared earlier the people who are don't have the correct knowledge Who are making their different things, like, or not knowing how to do it the right way? Or is it the people that are showing them? And a charge of showing them who failed to show them the right way.
2: I think they were ignoring. I mean, you look at that story I talked about earlier. Not, yeah, I, That's so kind of where it, we're at today. They just, were ignoring. It just, it just the old, there. there were people who had the answers to the test. Uh, I, I remember in the army, like drill sergeants would literally say stuff and they start stomping on the ground. and be Like, this is answers to the test. Like, that's pretty much what the older generation was walking around. They were stomping on the ground saying, hey, all this answers to the test. Like, it might have been from a superstitious point of view, right. but they still had the right answer. We're running to the same thing today. I think there's, there's many answers. And one of the, the things that has made me very passionate about what we're talking about today and last week, um, is because in many ways, like I listened to what they had to say, but they were just a point of reference rather than a point of authority and guidance and realizing, saying, well, who's, who's the weirdo? That, that's what I started. I, that might be some of you might be like, you're calling me weird. That hurts my feelings. Um, But I think that's a question you have to start asking, like, who's the weirdo? Who's the one that's split from who? Because I think that's really important to be asking. And I start to look at it. I'm like, wow, I'm the weirdo. Like, that's that's me. I'm the weirdo.
1: And and the funny thing is what you're saying is going to sound strange to a lot of people because a lot of people are growing up in a generation to where the truth is ambiguous, right? It's not necessarily black. It's not necessarily white. So they're like, okay, well, it can be my truth. Like, you can have your own monopoly on truth. And that, I mean, I know it's sort of related. So, I mean, so it's really hard for people to hear stuff like this and be like, well, you may not even know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. And that was like, I was talking about different groups of people earlier and how like some people who may be doing it on accident and they don't know they're doing it. And they're like, oh, well, I just need to be like being logically consistent. But then you do have a group of people who are, um, Nudo Scriptura and that is how they're going to interpret and they're okay with that. And what they're doing is they're using, um, modern contexts they're saying, well, these are the issues that we have today, and I'm going to use those contexts to interpret things you end up saying. Things like, well, Jesus didn't know what he was talking about because he was just a, a little racist, uh, misogynistic. Um, yeah, I, like, I
0: always like it when it's like, well, even we're not saying Jesus is a bad guy because, look, he came from his day and age, you know? I mean, they didn't even respect women in the way they should. And it's like, I, know, I mean, there's a, maybe that's a lot more to go into, but it's like you either can accept the fact that the God Man Christ is doing these things, and He's giving these principles, and they are correct in the way that He's doing it. Or you kind of can't. I don't think you can really just go back and start shifting a lens on those things just because you feel like, oh, we've discovered something new in some sort of way. You know, I'm not. Hopefully, people don't sit there and think that I'm. I'm very feminist. Yeah. I will say, uh, I have a feminist T-shirt as well. So
2: for anybody, I don't wants- even really know what he's talking about, <laughs> y'all. So please do not hold that against any of us.
0: Um, but no, but I see what you're saying. It's like people try to sit back and look through history and they try to change these different aspects or they try to, even for Jesus, or they try to give him like some sort of like, well, he wasn't a bad guy because of this, but he could have been a little better. I don't, I don't think, I think if the man came down, <laughs> Good. he I mean, did exactly yikes. what he needed to do. You're and the
1: criticizing way, the son of God. Like yeah. think about that for a second. Like it's mind boggling. People did it in his day and age. Jesus asked people one question and they shut down.
0: Or even when it comes to the old Testament, like, well, you know, the God of the old Testament, I mean, I'm glad he changed.
2: I'm glad he just you know I'm like <laughs> it's like he like went on, on some Prozac or something like, you know it's like it's like what they're acting it's like how they legitimately think and view yeah. God but what um what I was originally saying was that is logically consistent like that's, that that Nuda slash Solo Scriptura is logically consistent with people who are doing things like that who are saying I'm going to look at this I'm going to view this on my own and by jettison a lot of the tradition of the church you were. You're dealing with the same thing because my question is well, if it's just you and your Bible, then why not? Why are they wrong? How are they wrong? Right. Who has the authority? You think they're wrong? So let me get this right. Your truth and what you've thought through this situation, that's what makes them wrong, is your truth. Or let me get this, or your small group of Christians' truth. Right. If you're not standing on that history, then what? How are you any different? And I'll, we'll go and start looking at this statistically and historically. Give it a few years and your kids will be that. Mm. That very thing that you disagree with.
1: So you're saying the truth is clearly objective.
2: I'm saying that when you are solo scriptura or solo or nuda scriptura, that the truth is not because it's all how you feel and it's all what you think and it's all what you have concluded. Mm. And I, and let me get, I'll go and put this out there. I'm not saying like every, obviously there are, what I'm saying is there are obviously things that are like black and white. Right. That are simple commands um, that are straightforward but then there are things that are a little bit more up to interpretation. And uh, many of those things are where we, we fight a lot of our but actually even some of the black and white things where scriptures I believe <laughs> screaming very clear we're still arguing over
1: right but and there's and there's still a lot of people today who take the black and white things and they because they're so low scripturing like you're saying like right in the wave of that they make it to seem the opposite based upon how they look at it but you're talking about even in those matters that looking at the trad- tradition that is from the church and how the church has looked at scripture benefits us as well to find actually what the truth is correct
2: 100 percent. allowing that to interpret what is happening here because if you're not then what are you doing? You're no better than that person who's just running around like, well, my truth is, my truth, go ahead and speak my truth. Like, I'm like, yeah, oh. um, like and if you're one of those my truth people, then I, you know, I apologize, but we'll not really.
0: And I think, well, hopefully I say this, hopefully I say this correctly. If I don't, again, we'll cut it, but... I'm just kidding.
2: Maybe I'll cut the part that I said I cut. That's going to be no like your most run. used line. It's like Alex's is going, Alexis is turning into uh, uh, via media. <laughs> Yours is like, we'll just cut it. I'll just cut it. <laughs> you just hear in the
0: background, Caleb, I think that's heresy. What? Can <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we go it. to the <laughs> next. Na- <laughs> but you have to think about even, okay, even look at humanity and look at progression of knowledge. We had Christ come down and explain these things to us, You and then you have the disciples, and they go, and what we have is the New Testament, or letters. I'll say it like this. What you have in Scripture is, we can at least agree upon, is it is the observation of God, who he is and his character, the history of who God is, how we've seen him through this time. What do you have through the church when we sit there and we start to build these theologies and what we believe in? It is... Looking at God, seeing who he is, and establishing what that is. Because the point of the Christian isn't to be like oneself, it is to be like the God you are following. But who is that God and how is he? That's when you pick up your scripture. But that's the whole point of the church and why you kind of need to start implementing it when you start to read your scripture, when you look through this history. Because anytime you have the culmination of knowledge in the way we do, why would you not go ahead and be using that? And the reason why I'm saying it is because... There's been times where, like, I start working on something, or even a project, or I might do something. I'm not going to sit there and start thinking, let's reinvent the wheel. My first step is, has anybody else done this before? Or is there something close to this? What have other people been thinking about? And especially when you go through the history of the church, because you have so many times in, with councils and different meetings. Oh, man. It's even crazy things are happening. People are fighting. Because one, you have people who are passionate about what they're Literally, doing. Literally fist fighting. Yeah. People were are passionate about it. And two, they're intelligent men. And they're going off. And these are the dudes who are already setting up so much for you to be able to... Oh, man. Even for the world around them to be able to fight even the... I just always I always go back to even uh, Thomas Aquinas in the Summa. Ever since Father Daryl recommended that book to me. Because even just seeing how this man just starts viewing the world, it's like, this is intelligent. Even when I'm watching a the show, there might be something. They start quoting like Aquinas, and it's like, huh.
1: And I'm probably saying Aquinas wrong, and I hope I'm not. In maybe. the words of Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun.
0: Yes, But what you're doing is when you start to throw away these things and you start to, well, when you, you start to throw away these things, when you start to think with that mindset of like, oh, new descriptora, why would you sit there and think that your now moment and where you are is more important than the rest of history and all this culmination of history and all this knowledge that we've had up to this point? Most likely they're already dealing with things that you are, are dealing with whatever new ideologies that are coming out, even with new philosophies coming out. It's, Most of it's even coming back from the same stuff. You'll be surprised. If you want to start with philosophy, you're always starting off with usually some Plato, some Aristotle, and doing these things. But even for what you have in your scripture, even different ideologies that you might even have that you don't even realize that you have, like you have to start tracing these things back and going through church history. You can't just go off with only yourself and do this. Because, one, you're going to be making it so that you are missing out on a lot of information that can be very helpful to you. Two, there's going to be a lot of more intelligent people who might not be even religious. And they start going off philosophy and start picking at what you're doing. And you'll be like, oh, man, my whole views are wrong. Maybe Christianity isn't even a thing. Like, hold on, buddy. If you're doing this in the right way, you already have way more intelligent men that are fighting your battle for you. And they did it a thousand years ago.
1: Now, I just, one thing I just want to interject. Like, I I agree with all you're saying. Like, it's, it's, you can disagree. Yeah, no, it's fine. I I agree with that. I just want to say, like, one thing I thought about when I was reading, you know one of the articles that we you know were looking at before we did this was you know what do we have in in compare and what you're talking about is is just connected to it. It's like, okay, well. You have, you have all this stuff of, okay, you know, the Bible's important, right? And the basic person who's a Christian in America has an understanding of that, basically. The Bible's important in some way, shape, or form, however you want to slice that bread, right? But yeah. the other side of it goes, less okay... Than, less
2: and less, I think, every day. Yeah, but yeah. I, of
1: course. like I know it's declining now, but I'm just saying, like, for the most part, um, it's a general rule. But basically, what I'm thinking about is, okay, so who is who are the leaders within, the, historically, in America, recently in the past hundred years, who has been like people who've been teaching the Bible, right? You have historically, like that I know of when I grew up is like Billy Graham, right? People like that. And now like you have people like, Hey, Stephen Furtick, all these other people. I'm not saying these people are people to look up to. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like, these are popular people that people look up to. And the way that some of these people in your word, Adam, like exegete and preach the scripture, you know, they don't do it in the the way, and then the people that they hear that, and then they take that in. So they take on other popular, like ministers, like charismatic way of interpreting the scripture, and then they're like, "Well, this must be the way that I do it." So I hear what you're saying, and in, in what you're in, on like how it is important to do that. But I think they're gleaning from the things that they can find, right? Right. So which is which? It's hard to understand that for me, like, because to me, it's like, I mean, like you have a desire and a hunger to, you know, seek Jesus, right? Okay. Well. Obviously, the scripture says, "Seeking, you shall find; knocking, the door shall be opened." Right. So, okay, cool. You want to do that? Sometimes, you know, people like I guess they start at some point, and then they. I'm just saying the history of leaders in the in the common era that we're in it makes it really hard to find a lot of leaders saying in a large scale to a lot of people.
0: Well, I think it's even with most things that you do, even when you look at life. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say the title of the book we were talking about before that I was reading, but this guy has a lot of opinions on this type of book, right? If I sit there and I only read that one thing, and I sit there and I have my mindset off of the point he's trying to make, like, this must be absolutely correct. That's a very flawed mindset. You want to bring in as many resources as you can when you're trying to come up with, especially theology. I mean, it's the thing that's going to be telling you how how you think God acts and how he reacts. And how he interacts with all of us. So you don't just want to take in one aspect or even just one time period. You want to see how has God acted throughout all these times and all these ages. And you want to see, first off, you're going to hopefully start off with the aspect of God's characteristics do not change. I mean, that's just basic. But what I'm saying is, for kind of your point, it's like, yeah, of course, it is hard to kind of find all those resources. Because especially when you start thinking about 2,000 years of history, start going through it. It is, it's tough. But I, I think mainly. I don't know, what am I trying to say here? I don't. I don't even know. I, I mean, like, so I'll, I'll cut just, out all of it. Yeah. I was
1: just saying, historically speaking, like in the present time, while those resources you're talking about are available and they're good for people to look at, and I, that's where I agree with it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, in my in my time and era, they're like, even though we have so much information, we have so much stuff out there, you almost have the loudest voices being people that don't teach the people to do stuff the right way. You look at the scripture the right way. Think of the scripture the right way. Okay, how do we look at God? You know, how do we, you know, will God, you know, will like you no matter what you do.
0: Are you saying for like the discernment of it or? Right.
1: Yeah. Like in that process of it, like it kind of makes it a little bit um, tougher, like just naturally speaking when that is, you know, the environment.
2: Mm. But I think even when we're looking at these other ideas, we're talking about more than just what do we gleam for and allow to influence our logic. We're talking about authority. Mm, Yeah. There's a difference between saying, wow, that's a good point. And then saying, I'm going to actually do that. Or I have to do that. I remember once again, to give an illustration during my time in the military, sometimes when my my NCOs or my non-commissioned officers, my leadership would speak to me, they would tell me things and they were a command and it didn't matter what I thought. And if, if they said to run, I had to run. They said to jump, I had to jump. Um, you know, all these, like I did exactly as they said, because they have the authority to do so. There were times when my NCOs would tell me things that were guidance. I'll be honest with you, a lot of those times I ignored them. (laughs) Some of them I should have ignored them and I was right. And other times I should have listened to them. But many times I think we view scripture and we in in the tradition of the church in that light too. So we start looking at them saying, well, the tradition of the church is good guidance. And we just Mm. cut them off of that versus saying, well, does the church have binding authority? If so, how much? And then that leads us to like the next set of questions, which is how could, there's so much literature, there's so much writing just from the early church fathers, like the first, let's say 300 years of the church, there's so much um, writings on that time. How could any lay person follow them and understand them? If it is authoritative, then that the next thing would be like, well, I should probably at least know what it says so I can do what it says. Right. I I think that's the biggest biggest obstacle. The question question about authority,
1: which is important, but again, considering something Father Daryl has said over and over and over when I've heard him in this podcast, he's been like, I think many, many of us Americans don't really understand how to healthily interact with church authority. We always think about it from the context of like, okay, well... How can, you know, what do we do when it's wrong? When do we, when do we rebel? Essentially, yeah, we so like,
2: From the very get go, you're like, you're just kind of waiting. Like you got, yeah, yeah, you it, know, it's, like it's, it's like, like a it's, wild west shootout and you have your hand on your pistol uh, from the time it starts. I've
0: been That's attending like, for 20 years, but I got one foot out the door the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, what's going it's on It's like,
1: here? it's like, you know, one time he brought this, this, the topic you're talking about up during, you know, Sunday school. And immediately people like in our church and like immediately people were asking a bunch of questions and Father Daryl never even got to, to talk about these points about, you know, the authority of the church, which was like, he, then he brought the point. He's like, so we struggle to understand that. And I think as a culture, as Americans, it's hard to wrestle with the idea that we don't necessarily have something down within our general, like overall, like understanding as a nation, for sure. But in, in the veins of scripture and solo scripture, I want to get to this quote because I know Father Darrell wants us to read it on here. It's the one by Alexander Campbell. He was a minister. He ministered during the Second Great Awakening, and he kind of has his particular ways of going about it. He says, A revivalist preacher and a father to the Church of Christ movement reflected this in particular. He said, I have endeavored to read the scriptures as though no one had read them before me, and I am as much on my guard against reading them today through the medium of my own views yesterday or a week ago as I am against being influenced by any foreign name, authority, or system, whatever whatsoever. I think it's what it's supposed to say. I mean, i only read that and share it to say, you know, obviously when we read that earlier, you agree with that, right, Caleb? No, no, I'm just kidding.
0: No, and that's what, well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, that's kind of what I was trying to say in my jumbled nonsense when I was going on, is the fact of you're not alone when reading the scripture. So like what makes you, I don't know why, I don't see why you wouldn't want to be inclusive of everything else that's around, like that has existed throughout the church. And like, yeah, I agree with that statement completely. We don't want to just sit there and read it like we're the only ones who have ever read it and come up with our own interpretation. I think that's the only thing there.
1: I think it's really impossible to use your feelings as the authority as it relates to interpreting the scripture. It's very dangerous. Like, I mean, talking about even for the most well-seasoned Christian to do it.
0: Well, because think about this. Even the fact that there's times where you can use your feelings and they could be correct, but you won't know they are. Like, you need other things to challenge you. Like,
1: what does it say? What does Jeremiah say about the heart and its feelings? It says that the heart is the, you know There's a lot of negative yeah. things. Yeah, only that only, that the Lord, only the Lord only the Lord knows what alone. what's inside the heart.
2: Right. But
0: I don't know because it's not a freedom to sit there and look at the scripture and try to do those things like alone. It's very painful. Then there's full of doubt there's points of doubts, there's points of questioning. Even at the time you may feel bold in it, but as time goes on, you know what they say, time makes fools of us all. But think about the community that you have. And so we can actually look at these things and think together on them. Not just one mind by itself, but all together when we start to look at these viewpoints that we might start to come up with. And we start to see, well, let's look through everything else and see how it stacks up. And So, we, yeah.
1: let me ask you this real quick, Caleb. Because I think, you, you like, here you talk, it's really cool. Like, you know, not really a regular talk of the guy, you know, person all the time. But I like, I just like it. So, but anyways... You can We're cut cutting that out. Yeah, so I was going to say. You can cut that out. So I guess what I'm trying to ask you is what would you recommend to people that potentially like they're wrestling with, okay, I may read the scripture like, you know, new Scriptura, scripture and I kind of want to yeah. read it the right way. Like what resources would you recommend for them to, 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 to head towards?
0: First thing you do, man, I think that that's where you start. You have to decide what you're going to do in the beginning. Like for what I'll say from personal experience in my mindset, that way, if you say I'm wrong, then well, it worked out for me, so... <laughs> If it doesn't work for you, that's your problem because you're different. No, I'm just kidding. Because when I came at it, I had to sit here and I had to look honestly to myself. It's like, there's going to be a point you have to staple something down to what you're going to accept. Or there's going to be something you have to believe. And when I started going through even with the tradition, more traditional sense, one of my biggest questions is like, what can I even do for something of salvation, have a reference? That's already been established for us. I think what you do first is go through the creeds. The very first basic thing that you do. Go through the creeds, the Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed. These things are true. You have to have some sort of staple down Then also go through, and at least what else do I know is true? Ten Commandments. Okay. And then after that, of course, it's what Jesus surmises, the Ten Commandments, right? The two. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God before all else. Like That's what you have to do. Start off with something like that. And then as you build more things and you start to look at everything else in these opinions and these ideas, see how they start to fit in with the truth that we already have established. When we start to build our mindset and our theology and what we are, that's what you have to do. And it's a very painful process. It's not easy and it's not quick. I get frustrated myself because, I mean, I've taken maybe the past like two years and I'm still discovering things that like, mm-hmm. okay, I had something here and it was wrong. And it's like, okay. And there's times I have to sit there and I have to chew on things for a while. And at my advice to even that, before you even start any of that, is just there's going to be things that come at you and you're going to see these different ideologies and you're like, they may seem right. Just give it some time. It's Okay. If you die tomorrow and you didn't get to figure out whether ideology is right, I don't think God's (laughs) going to be really completely angry with you. I don't think that's what it is because it's a relationship and it's life. you have a lifetime to figure out. And guess what? You're not going to figure it all out because even why there's still continuations of arguments that go on sometimes. Well, through, even throughout history. It's because we haven't quite gotten it down yet, but we have at least these basics down, these things that are really important. We know that are truth. So I think even before you start jumping out into anything, I think you need to really start, and that doesn't take just you going by yourself and doing that. That takes you going out and getting other authorities, going out and getting other information, going to your church and finding people who are there, starting to figure out what is this and what is what do these things mean? What can we know? And I think that's what you mainly start
2: to do. You don't have to have all the answers right away. Like you're just you're not going to. And a a good practical step. And here's one more thing I'll add to yours is read some of the counsels. Yeah, we've talked about it. If you're like, I feel like I'm interpreting this. Incorrectly, go back and listen to some of the ones we did on the councils and know what they're saying and the things that they affirm, and that'll help you as well. The other, like, just practical thing that you can do, like, tonight on Amazon or well, as you're listening tonight or right now Absolutely. is uh, the Orthodox Study Bible. And you'll have tons of study Bibles in which um, you have a single person who is coming at it from a perspective. This or orth- the Orthodox Study Bible has nothing but church fathers, and that's it. That is the commentary and I would highly recommend it, um, especially as you're trying to find things and as you're reading those, you're like, Oh, wow, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Look it up because guess what? Google has almost all of this stuff because it's so old. It's like common domain. Like some of the interpretations are, I think are still, uh, copyrighted. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there's a lot of really good pieces that aren't. And the other thing you need to notice is that it is not a single church father who is who you you take authority from. It is the consensus of the church. That is what you're looking for. And that's why it's so dangerous because you have so many of these different organizations and groups that go off of one or two guys' theological opinions, and then they run with it, create an organization off of it and say, this is what we believe. And then they would start, like, they go with that for years and years and years. That's not what, that is not how the church started. I mean, well, first of all, you're not start with one or two, you have a, a group of people and then it just explodes from there. And as more and more councils happening, you're having more people gather. I think there's only one where there's less than the last, but you usually have more people there talking and you have more people consensus. So as you're reading through that Orthodox study Bible, you are be like, oh, that's so and so from, you know, or that's, uh, that's Cyprian. I, w- I want to go read that letter. And so you go and you read the, the letter that he wrote as it, you know, and help give you some context. Uh, for what is happening right um and and that's how the reformers I mean think about it um even you look at loved Augustine Calvin Calvin in his arguing yes he he refers to Augustine all the time he does not interpret really like his, John calvin he does not interpret his ideas by himself or even by the time he's interpreting many of his ideas through Augustine, and many times in his arguing with Rome, he'll say the church the fathers agree with me, not you <laughs> like that's one of the like, that's they, they agree with what I am saying. And that, and that's a, that's a, a big thing. If that's not even a thought process. And right. that, and that's a, that's a habit forming thing. Cause sometimes I'll be reading stuff and I'll be wondering, cause this is a fairly, um, new journey for me. As Caleb, we were talking about it. Um, growing up in a, a Pentecostal, very, uh, even mainstream evangelical background, we're talking about like, this is stuff that we're like learning. We are in the yeah. trenches with. It's not something like that we have figured out and. What I've found is like little by little, it's changed the way that I think. And I don't realize how much it's changed the way that I think until I listen to this other stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of fishy. Yeah, What's wrong with that? And then I realize they presuppositions, the things they're coming in with, the ideas they you have no care about what the church has said or has always said. They don't care. And so that you, you have to start being intentional or else you will always default to new descriptor.
0: You have to really, because even I, because even starting off with what we did, like and At least for me personally, I'll say, when I sat there and I started coming up with all, not coming up, but like putting on, installing all these theologies in my life and all these different things, I didn't take into account... About, I don't know, 1800 years of Christian history. And that was my, I had, like, <laughs> yeah. I just skipped over. I didn't think about it. Cause I, like, I started thinking about, like, well, how does this stack up against other religions? It's like, we are pretty, like, we've been existing for a long time,
2: man. Or as, or as a Pentecostal, you're like, well, they had it right for like 50 years. Then they all, all the apostles died, but praise God. Yeah. Azusa Street figured it out. You know, and it only took them 1900 years. I'd say, like, even for
0: resources, man, just start going to the beginning, like, start. Because even like, we'll say this is like one of the, the one things you're,
1: you're saying like, beginning from the first century, right? I mean,
2: <laughs> I think the record, I, I, if I you're say saying that. what, what is my starting point? I really do think I, reading the, reading the text with the Orthodox study Bible, because the whole entire comments right. are nothing other. It's the comments of the fathers and, and some, I believe fathers, doctors, what's the the other category? So I'm going to hate myself not, you know, remember it, but the church yeah. and what they've said. Because, man, again, I kind of said it before, but it's like,
0: I mean, me personally, man, I don't want, if someone, I I respect authority where if they're authority over me, I will do what they say. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But man, if it's something like they're just telling me to do something with no reason whatsoever, I can't, I don't jive with that. Like, I need some sort of, law. I need something there at least for me to go off of. And that's my thing. Like, if there's going to be something that tells me how to live my life, man, I have to... You have to have something there. And so if this is Christianity, like, okay, then what do we believe? What are we, what's right and what's wrong? Well, that's where I say, start from the beginning. Like what, I'm, what kind of me and Adam are saying, go from the beginning, see exactly what they're doing. Start off with the first question, man. When was the Bible written that you're going off of? Cause even I sit there and I ask like that question to some of my friends, even like they've been, they grew up in Christian school. It's like, when was it written? Where was it written at? And they don't know. And it's just like, okay, because it's 375 Council of Carthage. All right. So how many years after that was Jesus? since when Jesus was existing, you know, like when did he die? So what was the church doing until then? How is authority working in that way? And that's how you can start. He didn't stay dead. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, sorry. I. <laughs> you I, made the, it sound like
2: he, I know. Like, oh, we really. Sorry. Jesus
0: died, wrote, and left. Obviously, but. Okay. Oh, they went yeah. up the. <laughs>
2: continue, continue. Christ
1: died. Christ is risen. Yeah, Christ and he's he, is crucified. Yeah.
0: Tell me how to put that back in a day for when he comes back. Christ again.
1: died. So Christ is crucified. Christ is risen. Christ we died.
0: Regardless. I can't say it right. Regardless. I think you start off with that logic of that because it's like, okay, this is what my church uses, and then we—that's—I think that's a good way to start going about it, at least for authority, but. Don't do it just only by yourself. You have to look at these resources, man. Because even a lot of people, they'll sit there and just default to the apostles. We'll just go off whatever the apostle said. All right. John died around 90. So, 375 and 90. There's some difference. What were they doing? So, you have to... You, those are questions you already, start, already have to start asking. I, and you know what? You take your journey. And this... I I mean, not to tutor our own horns, the whole reason we started this podcast and reason why I really wanted to get involved with it. One, because Father Daryl said, I want a podcast. <laughs> and I said, Okay. What do you want to call it? And then I just, whatever, I like, I just started setting things up. I started figuring out how to do it. But the other thing, too, is because at my time, like when I was coming through and I was trying to learn this whole new mindset, I was like, I wish I had some sort of resource or something that was extra, just also while I have my time that's outside of church that I can also listen to or have something else that I can use as information. That's why we made, even the way we set up this podcast, it's, Meant so that you can go through a journey as you're, if you're new to what all this is, or even maybe you need a refresher, go through and start listening to here. And you may not agree exactly with everything that we say. Some stuff you probably should, but you know, something. <laughs> I think I think we're pretty fair on most of our stuff. That we, we, even we're, we're not sitting there saying if you don't believe this, you're going. I don't think we ever. You're going down to the pits. Of hell. I don't think we've ever said that. But that's. I think that's what. That, this is one resource you can use. If you know, even with other people who are looking at it, give them something like this. I don't know. Personally cuz like what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. You know, I'm a kind of guy where I pick up something I start reading the book and I don't really I don't like even for instructional stuff. I'm completely different, but
1: Well, the only thing that I would say on my end, I mean, I'm obviously everybody thinks it's a different way per se, right? They kind of learn things different ways, but the way that I kind of what I think about something is to help guide me through the whole process. It's like, okay, it's just truth. So I look for what is true in everything that's being said. Okay, if it's true, even if it doesn't sound like something that my feelings agree with, I'm like, okay, maybe I should set my feelings aside and follow that.
2: How does that apply to the, to the tradition of the church and its influence and how... No, I'm can't. saying like
1: like practical, like practical, mm-hmm. practically applying what he's talking about. And it's okay, how do we go from solo scripture uh, just, or just reading it by ourselves or just being me and my Bible to saying, okay, that's not enough just to say you and your yeah, Bible. Yeah, that's what you're saying. So like say, okay, well, you know, looking for what's true rather than looking for what you feel is true. Those are two different things. So there's the other one. And then honestly, like, finding reliable authorities as it relates to the Scriptures. Like, I think, to me, that's been a benefit, right? Somebody who actually has done the studies. You talked about people, it is valuable to have good Christian education in the environment of seminary schools, right? I know a lot of people that are on the other side of it and just me and my Bible, they are really skeptical of schools of like that. There were skeptics like, well, they know too much about the Bible so they can't teach me anything about the Bible. What says that?
2: That doesn't my, even make okay. sense. I don't even, yeah.
1: My uncle literally told me that. He's like, you know too much about the Bible, therefore God can't use you at all. Direct quote, I think not he, making that up.
2: I think those of reason and logic would agree with that. I, well, I think even just look at Paul. Why
0: was he really effective? Because he kind of knew a lot. So, so, so,
1: so, so that, from that's memory. so that's yeah. the, <laughs> like literally
0: <laughs> spouting it out. That's why he was so effective. Is because he knew a lot.
1: <laughs> you know too much. You got it all memorized. No, like that's that. what I'm saying. So, like you know, yeah. like uh, I guess that's another tool. But that's a good tool to have in the bag because what you, you know, the opposite end of that is just having somebody who I know Adam saw some in this movie. We were watching a. uh old, like, rapture movie uh, on the Christian horror genre a couple weeks ago. They had, like, two contrasting, like, authorities in there, like, as pastors. One of them would actually try to teach and appropriate the Word of God as it was supposed to be taught, you know, as the the church fathers would probably agree with, right? And then the other one would just say, ah... does it matter? What do you think truth is? Just follow it. You know, so those were mm. the two differing perspectives, and those definitely have an impact on what people think. Now, I know, of course, you talk about the research part of it. I'm just saying, like, you know, on my end, like, kind of the things that help kind of guide my mind towards, like, okay. Because like you guys, I'm new to this whole, you know, Anglican communion thing because I grew up in a baptist kind of background. I grew up in like every different church you could possibly imagine. No
2: like no time like the present to start. That's the, I think that's that's yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. And assessing how you read and, seeing and start to actually consciously start thinking, why do I think that? You'll hear like as you're thinking yeah. and inventorying. Um, sometimes it might just be, well, because it's truth. And then sometimes like, well, because this is what the church has taught always everywhere this is this is what was taught
0: yeah man cuz that's i don't know how much it relates to the topic now it's i feel like we've kind of gone off topic at this point i mean yes. i mean it's kind of relating to it but because uh, it, it is, I I'm kind of alluded to it, it is painful. You literally have to, you know the phrase, I think therefore I am, Descartes, or how do you say it, Adam? I think we we disagree how we say it, or I say it right that time. First guy, right? What? I think therefore I am? Yeah, I think therefore I am, Descartes. He had his also his mindset, whereas the fact of, he started, because he, he was he a was, uh, religious well, Christian. That's oh, what
2: he, you call him Descartes.
0: Descartes. Like you saw you I that. think I might have been doing it stupidly. Really. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the whole point is, like, he came to this mindset, he's like, I don't know what I know. I don't even know if this is real, and he compared it to the uh, example of imagine a bag of a basket of apples. There's a few ba- apples that are bad in there, but you don't know which ones that are. Either way, so what he has to do is dump out the whole basket and look through and pick out what's actually good. And that's where you start. That's where he kind of starts going back, and that's where he kind of got that. For I think there, I, I at least know one thing. I'm real because I'm thinking. So it's like you kind of have to go through that painful process of doing that, and honestly, start picking apart honestly look at what you believe and that really i wouldn't even just limit that with even the church and like i would do that with everything in your life really don't just believe something that's a lie because it's comfortable
1: like well, because we, i think what christianity does as an entire religion is it does encompass our whole life right it does encompass right. how we wake up how we go to sleep how we treat our neighbors right how we interact with the lord how we worship the lord
2: no, and I think this stuff is right on track with what we've been talking about. Okay. It's very it's very related because we're in in case that is not evident like with those who are um, are still with us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um it's difficult to admit that you were or you were reading the text wrong. Or that you're reading it a certain way, or that you were isolating it. That's difficult. Yeah. Because now at this point, hopefully you've seen that it's so, uh, like the things that, in order to be logically inc- to lo- be logically consistent, you have to accept a lot of other things that I know you don't.
1: Right. More
2: than likely, because you're listening to this podcast, which is a is very rather conservative and traditional. So you're obviously not yeah. affirming those things. So that might that might be a hard realization to grasp. Or the the, the thing that might be difficult to uh, come to grasp. But you're saying, well, I don't think the church should have any any influence whatsoever. And I think I would say to that, I would say it has. And you are interpreting it through them. Like, so nice try not <laughs> not doing it um, but it, it is uh, we're talking about this diffu- difficult process of, of viewing how we view reality right. and then once you realize that I'm deficient in this area you have to say well how do I get better Right. and you 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 start by being mindful of it when you're making decisions you say well how have I come to this conclusion like you have said like the, the, uh, Descartes and his his, his, his basket, basket of, of apples, apples. <laughs> <laughs> that's important to do and, and you should should do that. Um, and then what you'll also find for me as going through is sometimes I'll find an apple and it's good, but I don't, I, I'm looking at it. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm thinking, yeah. and I don't have an idea, but you want to know who has the church, Yep, the fathers, the doctors of the church. All these men have already made ideas about this. And not only have they had the idea before me, but they have articulated and rightly divided how it should be communicated. So that I sometimes literally like 1500 years later can benefit from that and say, I don't have to like cut this apple open, look inside and check and see if it's rotten. They've already done it for me. And I think that's what we're bringing into this is that I don't think that you can learn about the different ways of interpreting the text and the different way of dividing its truth and walk away not convicted or at least questioning, am I doing this
1: right? I also think uh, this is a, you bring this, I thought about this point, you were just saying that. Like the other part, I think it's often overlooked when you're going through the process of all of this the right way, the correct way, because there obviously is there's a correct way, and incorrect way to go about it. Like it's, you know, it's overlooked because the culture we live in is so bent on getting stuff right now. Like it has to be here five seconds from now. If I order from delivery down the street and it's not here in 30 minutes, man, I'm not paying 10 bucks for that pizza kind of thing. You know, so um, but basically it's it's comes down to like meditating on the scripture, like really thinking about these things and taking time. Like we look at these guys who made some of these arguments you talked about Augustine. You mentioned John Calvin and even Martin Luther and some of these people. I just people, mentioned this quote. I'm not he, saying I'm
2: a John Calvin yeah. homeboy. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. I was just usually, literally. Yeah. Ref-
1: well, just just generally. I'm just I'm just speaking of like people that are known as church fathers or people in the history of the church that have said awesome things. Like they spent a lot of time thinking about it. Even Descartes spent a lot of time thinking about the apples. I'm like, not
0: a, I'm not a Descartes boy. Fully a Descartes boy. Either, yeah, I so mean, just a heads I mean,
1: I, I guess what I'm trying to say I'm not trying to do a sorry of these other people either. I'm just saying like, but you are. It takes time. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just. I'm saying that all these thoughts that when when God really like speaks to people, it takes patience for people to learn the right way about it. But you got to think about it for a while and stew on it for longer than just two, three hours. You know, you got to stew for like a whole week, couple. You know. Couple.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're. I think we're talking about that. It just. It does take time. Mm-hmm. It does.
2: I, and I. I agree with most of that. However, there are certain things that the church just says. Yes. And it's not stewing on it. You you don't stew on a definitive statement and say, man, I'm going to think on that for a little bit. Like you may absorb the truth of it and the implications, but sometimes you're like, you know, like you're reading through the creeds. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're, like, I know. question, Questionable. <laughs> no. You know. <laughs>
1: you know, like I no, don't, no, I don't really like, know but,
2: if if the Holy Spirit really proceeds uh, from the Father and the Son. I no, just, well, I, mean, I don't of course, know. Of I don't but, know if
1: that's true. But what I'm saying is like just, if there's a, like you talk about, like you have an apple that you're not really sure of. Like you, you mentioned that. What I mean is, yes, I'm not saying you have to do that with everything like, you know, verbatim, like line by line, go about it that way. But um, what I'm saying is, meditating on the on the words of things you may not at first understand will help you have a better perspective if you stop and think about it for a long period of time like even for some things that where you may kind of reach you see it and you're like well i'm not so sure about that i've never felt that way about that that sounds kind of weird to me right do you feel that way right you're you know your whole solo scripture lens that you're looking at things through, are just me and my bible lens you're like wait a second well let me think about this and then let me hear what other people in the church have said about this. And then let me just take time to meditate. So I guess, again, just to be redundant a little bit is, to, you know, that's why I think it's important to just not just react and respond to what we think is being said, but to really think about it. Because for some people, there's some of the points you talk about, which... To you and I, everybody in this circle here, or not really circle, rectangle, everybody in this place here, we would agree that all those statements are black and white. But there are some people, even coming from different places, you know, across the map, they're gonna be like, "Well, that's a hard statement to take." So, you know, imagine if we're doing this, and, and an Islamic dude comes across an Appalachian, Appalachian Anglican, you know what I'm saying, and he, they have issues with some of those things. My encouragement is to think about it, like think about what's being said.
2: Yeah, I mean, and kind of to wrap it up because we're, we're, I know going that's on. what I was getting to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the one that he—I think we've talked about this topic for the last two weeks, and I'd like to say we've done it really well, but it's so robust, and it it really impacts so many different areas of life, churchmanship, church, church structure, all these different things, um, even how our families operate, and it's by no means exhaustive. And I don't think that's what we set out to do, but I think we've done a, um, a, a pretty decent job, at least hopefully starting discussion. And if, as we've been talking about these things and we've been bringing up these things, even without our carry, uh, Father Daryl, Father um, or as we, um, like to refer to him as, uh, FRD, kind of a little playoff of, uh, FDR. FDR? Yeah, uh, FRD. That's what he, that's what he goes by. That's his, uh, power play name. <laughs> so even without him, uh, I think we've done, hopefully address this talked about some of the practical implications of it, our personal struggles with it yeah. and how we are still journeying through it. And if you want to in any way shape or form, uh, join in with the dialogue or join in with some comments. feel free or if, we'll take questions, comments, and controversies. yeah feel free to send them to other my email at Adam at org. once again, that is Adam at ascensionwv.org or to uh, Father Daryl at daryl at ascensionwv.org. And I'll even spell Daryl for you because you can spell it a lot of different ways. You can yes. it, sometimes, even though they pronounce it as Daryl, it ends up, um, it actually is read as Daryl. Daryl. So uh, the way that it is spelled, uh, Daryl is D-A-R-R-Y-L. That is two R's and Daryl so just so if you want to send those in we love feedback we like to hear from people even if it's just to say nothing other than hey I think you're wrong heretic good but um Caleb close us out well thanks for listening
0: once again I'm Caleb but I'm here with Adam and this is Joshua we'll see you all next week